1: And by EasternChristianMedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's EasternChristianMedia.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your
0: host. We are nearing, already, it's hard to believe, nearing that period of preparation for the Feast of the Incarnation. In other words, Christmas. I know you probably wondered what I meant when I first said incarnation, but that's actually the more proper theological term, the more Eastern term for the feast that we know as the nativity of our Lord or more commonly known, of course, as Christmas, Christ's birth. But the incarnation is a word that more fully describes theologically the significance of this event. But on our way to that feast day, we have, of course, many forms of preparation, one of which, of course, is the upcoming Philips fast, or it's sort of an Advent fast. It's a period of prayer, repentance, fasting, and a particular kind of prayer is one that I'd like to focus on today. It's a prayer that is the prayer of the evening part of the day. In other words, the prayer called Vespers. Now, those of you in the Latin Rite are familiar probably with the term Vespers, Perhaps we even attend Vespers, but they're not that common in parishes, in the prayer of parish life. It is more common in the prayer life of Eastern churches, both Orthodox and Eastern Catholic, but yet it is not as common as it ought to be in these churches. So to focus a little bit on Vespers is part of our focus on prayer, along with fasting and charity, as we move into and towards the great feast of the Incarnation. Nativity of our Lord. Notice I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit on this. The 40 day preparation doesn't happen quite yet in a few days it will, but I always try to jump the gun on this to kind of get ahead of the commercial world, but I can never make it. They always seem to be putting out Christmas decorations and advertisements and trying to convince you to shop long before I can start to bring in the spiritual preparation of Christmas. Well, nonetheless though, let's look at the evening prayer called Vespers. One of the references I'm going to use is from what's called the Byzantine Seminary Leaflet Series. You know, sometimes the best things do come in small packages. This is a series of, just like it says, leaflets, so little folder, little folded brochures that give a wealth of information of different aspects of the Eastern churches. So once again, Byzantine Leaflet Series is put out by the Byzantine Seminary Press in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Byzantine Seminary Press. The Vesper Service, according to this Byzantine leaflet, something that has a very rich history. After the Peace of Constantine, this is way back in 313 AD, there were daily gatherings of Christians that took place in their churches and gave rise to two separate services, a morning service called matins and vespers in the evening. In fact, this was actually a tradition of prayer that stemmed all the way back from the Jewish tradition where the people would gather for prayer at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. Now, the Latin word vesper, from which the evening liturgical service took its name, originally meant an evening star, and only by transference, evening, when the evening stars start to appear. Evening prayers, and consequently, therefore, vespers, were prescribed by the church fathers for two main reasons. First of all, to thank God for all his gifts. withstand well, withstand to reason because it comes towards the end of the day. Also, to render an account to the Lord for our whole day, And to implore forgiveness for all our faults. Now, the central part of Vespers is constituted by welcoming our Savior Jesus Christ under the symbol of light. Now, this symbol of light is very significant in Vespers. In fact, the word light in reference to Christ is significant in the whole of the New Testament. It was natural that at the evening assemblies, the candles or lamps would be lit. In religious practice, light was always associated with divinity. You know, like light and fire, it symbolized the presence of God. For example, the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. In the New Testament, as I mentioned, God is simply called the light, such as in 1 John chapter 1, dwelling in the inaccessible light, 1 Timothy. And our Lord Jesus Christ is described as the true light that enlightens all men, John 1. He called himself the light of the world, John 9. So for this reason, we profess our Savior as being light of light, or more poetically, joyful light. And that became the name for a particular and very ancient prayer of the Eastern Vesper service. Now, one of the things that happens at Vespers is as the Vespers begins, towards the beginning of Vespers, the priest will stand outside of what is called the icon screen, which separates the sanctuary from the nave. And he says special prayers. Now, these special prayers are also incorporated within the Vesper service or they are said by the priest at the beginning of Vespers while the people are chanting the psalm, the psalm of creation, Psalm 103. But the priest prays these prayers are called, in fact, prayers of light. As I mentioned, the word light can be very significant for us in looking at this evening service of Vespers. Let me give an example of one of the prayers that the priest says, and there's eight of them. As I mentioned, some of them are incorporated into the Vesper service itself. Also, however, the priest says them all together at the beginning. Here is the first prayer. O Lord, compassionate and loving, long-suffering and most merciful, hear our prayer and listen to the voice of our supplication. Make a favorable covenant with us. Guide us along your ways that we may live in your truth. Gladden our hearts that we may fear your holy name. For you are great and you perform wondrous deeds. You are the only God and none other is like you, O Lord. You are great in mercy and able in your power to assist, support, and save all those who place their hope in your holy name. And to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is due all glory, honor, and adoration, now and ever and forever. Amen. Now, that's just one of the eight prayers of the priest. And maybe you recognize some of those words, especially if you know your scripture a little bit. Very characteristically, the prayer in the Eastern churches, especially prayers like this and prayers of the priest, which are often very lofty and long and theological like this one, they are made by stringing together actual quotes or paraphrases from the scripture so you may have actually recognized some of the words of this prayer as coming from scripture okay so that's what the priest is doing towards the beginning of the vesper service now the whole character and rhythm of the vesper service really is reflective of nature of creation and of the whole plan of salvation so at the beginning we begin by as always praising god god's greatness the priest stands outside the icon screen giving praise to god with these beautiful prayers of light But also, he stands there in a posture of somewhat like Adam, standing outside the gates of paradise. So we begin to incorporate, rather early on in the Vesper service, a spirit of repentance, almost as though we're knocking on the gates of paradise, like Adam and Eve, to be allowed back in, because we were expelled from paradise, like Adam and Eve, because of sinfulness. So there's an acknowledgement of God. Always we begin by acknowledging who God is. Then we begin to acknowledge something about ourselves our sinfulness. And during this time, then, there is the litany, usually led by the deacon or by a priest if there is no deacon present. And again, the litany is what? It's asking Christ for forgiveness, pleading to God, bringing our petitions to him as sinners, as we repeatedly say, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, after every petition. Now, going back to our reference, the Byzantine leaflet series on the Vesper service, it is then fully understandable why the early Christians associated light with the sacred presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in their midst, being assured by Him, where two or three come together in my name, there I shall be in their midst. So, during their evening gatherings, as the candles or lamps were lit, the Christians symbolically or mystically welcomed the eternal light, Jesus, into their midst, with the joyous hymn, O joyful light. Let's listen to the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish Choir sing this very ancient hymn of Vesper's, O Joyful Light. We're going to look further at this beautiful prayer that the church, the Vesper service, when we
1: return. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep light of the East's illumination bright. Full-bodied Christianity, giving your heart and lungs to Christ. And now, a Szeptizky Institute Minute with Father Peter Galadza. At the height of World War II, Archbishop Andrei Sheptitsky found time to publish a pastoral letter on singing in church. He wrote, The service that we render to God should embrace everything God has given us. We should pray not only in spirit, that is, with our mind and heart, but also in body and with everything that we possess both in our souls and bodies, with everything that we can use to praise the Most High. In song... Humans give their lungs, hands, knees, all their body, voice, their tongue, their sense of beauty, of melody, rhythm, and harmony, in short, their whole selves in service to the Lord. To learn about degree programs in Eastern Christian Studies, visit Sheptitsky Institute.ca. That's S-H-E-P-T-Y-T-S-K-Y-institute.ca. You're listening
0: to Father Thomas Lawyer on Light of the East. Pope John Paul II once said, Humanity, its dignity and its balance, at every moment and on every place on earth, will depend upon who he is for her and who she is for him. I am Father Thomas Lawyer with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. Why are we a man? Why are we a woman? Unless we know the why, we do not know the how to be man or a woman, and therefore we do not know how to really be for each other. The why behind being a man or woman is told in the theology of our gendered bodies. Our bodies speak a language. Gender reveals God. Through gender, we can actually participate in the way that God loves us. We can love as God loves. Human sexuality is an icon of the very interior life of the Holy Trinity. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyer, your, your host. And we're talking about the evening prayer of the Byzantine Church, the Vesper service, especially as we look towards what will be the preparation for the great feast of the Incarnation, in other words, Christmas. So we focus on prayer. Come to understand prayer, especially the prayer of the church, the liturgical prayer, more deeply and hopefully to participate in it. If you are near a Byzantine parish that has Vespers on Saturday evening. Not all of them do, although they should. If you do, I highly encourage you to stop in and pray those Vespers. All of the Byzantine divine office is designed to be prayed liturgically, but it can be prayed individually as well. But Vespers is certainly one of the most beautiful of the aspects of our daily office in the Byzantine church. All right, so we mentioned this joyful, I and mean, we heard this joyful light, this ancient hymn sung by the Annunciation of Byzantine Catholic Choir, And this hymn, by the way, is very, very ancient. It's always very moving for me to sing this hymn during Vespers because I realize that I am singing the same words, and maybe even a very similar chant, as Christians that preceded me all the way back to the second century. Can you imagine? Since the second century, Christians have been singing this hymn. That's how ancient the evening prayers are of the church and how ancient this beautiful prayer or joyful light is, especially in the Eastern church. And so when I pray that, I have a sense of oneness with those Christians that came way, way before me, all the way back to the second century. At least that's how early the scholars can date this prayer. It might even be older, but they can certainly date it to the second century of Christianity. Can you imagine? What a marvelous, marvelous prayer dimension of this evening prayer service. Now, in between, though, some of these high points of the service, there are what we call in the Eastern tradition, the Byzantine tradition, stichitta, stichitti, or stichida. In other words, the word means verses. These are characteristic of the dogmatic hymnody of the Byzantine church. In other words, they're verses done poetically, but also theologically, and many times I've demonstrated them on this program, in which the meaning of the day, or the saint of the day, the feast day, is communicated in a kind of a poetic, meditative, contemplative, dogmatic, theological way manner. And we chant this and we kind of meditate upon that. We kind of are drawn into the mystery of that particular event or person. And for the Saturday evening vespers, which are called the great vespers in our church, the focus of the stichitta, these verses, is the resurrection of Christ. So there's many ways in which we meditate upon the dogmatic and theological significance, the salvific significance of Christ's death and resurrection. Now, following the great Prayer of a joyful light. There are other litanies and other aspects of Vespers, and they're described this way in this wonderful little pamphlet called Vespers from the Byzantine Leaflet Series from the Byzantine Seminary Press. The stikitta are followed by a solemn entrance and the chanting of the hymn of joyful light, that of course we mentioned already, but during which the priest again incenses before he had incense during the hymn and the Psalms, O Lord, hear my cry. O Lord, I have cried to you, hear me. This time, the incense symbolizes divine presence, such as in Isaiah chapter six, the temple was filled with smoke. And then there is the prokimenon, which introduces the readings from the Old Testament prophecies, which are fulfilled in Christ. And usually there are three of these readings from the Old Testament. Now, oftentimes these readings are limited in many usages to the feast days. In other words, the eve of the feast days. See, Vespers is used always on the eve of a feast day. It can be used in conjunction with a vigil liturgy, but always the proper, appropriate way to pray, to usher in a great feast day in the church, in the Byzantine church, is by the evening Vesper service. Now, the concluding part of Vespers is dominated by the evening prayers of supplication, where again, we're saying, let us all say, hear us and have mercy, and we respond, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. You notice that in the Byzantine form of prayer, we're forever asking God for mercy, forever pleading to him, presenting our wishes, our desires, our hopes to him as well, but also, and most importantly, begging his mercy, his forgiveness. And this is followed by another ancient hymn recital, O Lord, keep us this evening, that goes all the way back from the 4th century, after which more petitions follow. And here on the vigil of solemn holy days, a service of litia is inserted. Now, litia refers to a special part of the service where there's a blessing of olive oil, bread, and wine. And what this was about was that during the all-night vigil services, in which there was strict fasting prescribed, and since the services were going all night, and this is especially true in the Byzantine monasteries, they were allowed a kind of a, well, I'll call it to make it simple, midnight snack, <laughs> kind of a liturgical midnight snack. They could be allowed just a little sustenance to carry them through the night, but that sustenance was very, very strict, very simple, limited to just bread, a little bit of oil, and a little bit of wine. And so, during the litia part of the service, and again, this is this precedes more solemn feast days, the priest will incense the church and come in procession and bless the wheat, the wine, the oil. That's how the prayer goes, and bless the wheat, the wine, and the oil. And then, later on, there is a singing of more dramatic hymnities which are more dogmatic hymns, which are called stichida or apostica. in other words, sort of the later stichida. We have the first set towards the beginning of the Vespers, then we have the like, kind of like a later set in the latter part of vespers. so they're called Apostica. And once again, these are dogmatic hymns, which emphasize the theological, dogmatic, spiritual, and in fact, relevant meaning of whatever it is we're celebrating. As I mentioned, if it's Saturday evening, it's generally celebrating the resurrection of our Lord, although there can be more than one theme on Sundays. The Vesper service on Saturday evening is called Great Vespers, and it anticipates Sunday. That's why it's always aimed at the resurrection of Christ in its expressions. But there can also be more than one theme. Like, for instance, recently we had the theme of the Council Fathers, which landed on a Sunday Sunday. And so we incorporate not only resurrectional dogmatic hymns, but also hymns relative to the fathers of the church, the fathers of the councils of the church. Strengthened with the assurance of our salvation, now we can with all confidence chant the canticle of Simeon. You may remember this from Luke's gospel. Now you shall dismiss your servant, O Lord. Our evening services are concluded with a proper troparion, through which the principal mystery of the day is briefly presented to us in political form. Dismissed with the blessing of the celebrant, we depart to our homes in peace. I just want to go over once again some of the main hymns of Vespers. This is from Psalm 140. Again, this comes towards the beginning of Vespers at the first incensation, where the priest or deacon incenses the church. O Lord, I have cried to you, hear me. Receive the voice of my prayer when I call upon you. Let my prayer rise like incense before you, the lifting up of my hands like an evening sacrifice. And then once again, the great prayer, O joyful light. O joyful light, light and holy glory of the Father, the immortal, the heavenly, holy, the blessed one, O Jesus Christ, now that we have reached the setting of the sun and see the evening light, we sing to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is fitting at all times to raise a song of praise and measured melody to you, O Son of God, the giver of life, behold, the universe sings your glory. Then the other great hymn towards the end, the Canticle of St. Simeon. Now you shall dismiss your servant, O Lord,
2: according to your word.
0: So, to sum up the rhythm of the Vesper service, as I mentioned earlier, it is a rhythm of creation, a rhythm of salvation history. We begin proclaiming the greatness of God, as always, blessed is our God. We have the usual beginning, as we call it in the Byzantine church, or the prayers of beginning. The litany, where we ask asking God for His mercy and forgiveness. In other words, admitting who we are before God. Then, there is the coming of Christ, the light of the world. Into the world. That's symbolized by the lighting of the candles or raising up of the lights in the church at that point. In fact, in many Byzantine churches, we have a chandelier or or a major central kind of light that hangs from the center of the church. And that light, usually it's a chandelier, symbolizes the light of Christ. And during the Vesper service, that light is raised up. In other words, the lights are turned up on that chandelier if it's possible. Otherwise, we light candles. But the point is, is that we raise the lights in the church, symbolizing the light of Christ coming into the world. And again, we stand in the posture of Adam, especially the priest does, as he prays these beautiful prayers of light, awaiting the coming of Christ into the world. And then we beg him for more mercy. We extol him with other prayers, glorify him, proclaim his glory and the meaning of the feast through this taquita. But then finally, having been enriched by all that, We say to God, just as Simeon did when he held Christ in his arms, and when Christ came into his presence, Simeon, the old man who waited for this moment, said, you know, I can die now. Basically, that's what he was saying. I can leave this earth now. Now you may dismiss your servant, Lord, in peace, because my eyes have seen, and so too our eyes have seen as well. During this Vesper service, it takes us through the whole rhythm of salvation history. We have seen the Lord now. He's in our presence. The light of Christ has come into this dark world now, Lord, you may dismiss your servants so that we can go forth in peace. Thank you for listening. I'm Father
1: Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Or hear it again, hear it again, hear it again, hear it again for the first time. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media.